This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, building tracks, or programming beats, duploops.com is the place to start. They deliver 10 new drum loops directly to your inbox every Monday, so you can spend less time searching for the right sounds and more time making music. Each loop is always available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And for a limited time, they are offering a 7-day free trial period with every plan. So visit duploops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S dot com, and start your free trial today to receive 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we talk about how to start your career in music right out of the gate. We examine the importance of choosing a skill you want to pursue, take a look at how to beat that initial creative block, and we discuss the positive impact of establishing a workflow for yourself early on. Please enjoy this episode of the Music Stuff Show, How to Start from Zero. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I'm Tom, and with me is Vance. What's up? Hello. (laughs) Every time. Every time. I'm trying not to laugh directly into the microphone as I've been doing. (laughs) What's funny is that I know you guys can't see this, but Tom tried really, really hard. I did. And wavered between making eye contact and not, and when he succumbed to the eye contact there was no more holding back i can't i just can't look and and not feel something vance (laughs) so i'm told i have that effect on people (laughs) oh man man so what are we going to talk about today oh you know what you have a fun fact for me don't you i do you better wait wait i had it no guys dropping the ball i i thought i had it pulled up And then I dropped it. It was fun while it lasted. Wait, hold on. Hold on. It's got dead air. Can't have dead air, man. No facts. Man. No information. I dropped the ball. Okay, here's one. It's not what I was going to go with originally, but it's a little fascinating. Did you know more Monopoly money is printed each year than real U.S. currency? I find that hard to believe because our country is in the business (laughs) of printing money. (laughs) Big time. Yeah. But you know, apparently they do. Monopoly's just going ham. I guess because Monopoly money is universal. I guess so. (laughs) Another fun fact. I've never done this, but maybe I will one day. Maybe we'll do this one day, Tom. Uh Uh-oh. I have friends that make more money than I do, and they sometimes get together and play Monopoly with real money. Wow. It's bold. They start with the traditional cash out, but in real dollars. Wow. What do they do with the $500 bill? I think they just add five more hundreds. Okay. And it just kind of is what it is. That's a bummer. And then winner takes all. Dang. Yeah. It's the real deal. Dude, that's heavy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not there yet. So whenever you guys want to elevate your Monopoly game. Yeah. Call Vance's friends. Good (laughs) Lord, man. Who do you hang out with? People that are smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Good Lord. That's a lot. Um, all right. So what are we going to talk about today? What are we talking about today? I think, what did we say? We're. St- I think today we're going to talk about how to get your career started from zero, from the very beginning. From the baby steps. Yeah. Learning to crawl before you walk, before you run, 
before you try and tell someone you want a record deal. Right. <laughs> Maybe buying an instrument before you tell someone you want a record deal. To be fair, to give some context, this today's topic was inspired by a question on the interwebs. Uh, and we'll leave names out for the, the sake of the question. But it basically was uh, someone that was asking, how do I get signed to a very specific major label and I don't have any tools, resources, and I don't actually know how to play music? And it re- made us realize that sometimes we have to address things we didn't realize we had to yeah. address. Kind of distill it down to even the most basic uh, principles. But A-plus for, for goal setting. I appreciate the hustle. Yeah, A-plus for goal setting. We, we're big on goals around here, so I like the specificity of the goal. If the goal is to get signed to X label, then you have to backtrack it to where you are now and make sure you have some milestone goals along the way. But big goal, check. Check that box. I like it. Mm. I mean, even though on this show, our goal is not to look for a record deal per se. Our goal is to build a career doing what you love uh, without a record label. But if if you are dead set on that and that's your goal, then make it your goal and don't be ashamed of it. And, you know, take the necessary steps. It's true. Now, to just drive this point home, if you want a career in the music industry, step one, you have to either have and or cultivate a skill Yes, in the music industry. You have to have the ability to, in some form or fashion, make music. And if you don't make music, because there's ways around that that still sure. fall into this, you can play an instrument, you can sing, you can produce, you can mix, you can learn how to master. These are all mm-hmm. separate skills. You could learn how to be a manager. You could be a tour manager, which is an even different thing than a normal everyday manager. Yep. You could learn about publishing and try and go down that road. There's lots of avenues depending on your skills, but in order to start... <laughs> You actually have to have one of them. Yeah, you have to have a skill that in some form or fashion cultivates the uh, movement of music, I guess. The... <laughs> you, have to, you have to put a hand on yeah. it. The creation and or consumption of music it's has true. to be in some, some form or fashion uh, related to what your skill is. So, yeah, step one. Get cut a, a hole in that box. Yeah, cut a hole in the box. <laughs> but uh, actually, to be fair, let's entertain this question for a second. Yeah, <clears> that might have been a little yeah. harsh at the gate. Your feelings are valid, people. Um, the music stuff show is a safe place. But yeah, no, there's no such thing as a dumb question on the show. I think we should probably. <laughs> so so let's rip that apart a little bit and unpack it. Let's say, I'm assuming this person was younger. To be fair, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they had had experience in the music industry. Um, so let's say if I am in high school, just getting started out, whatever, and I know I love music, I get hyped on music, and I want to do something in music, and the idea of being an artist is cool. I don't really know because I've never really delved down any avenues. Where might you start, Tom? And trying to figure out what piece of the musical puzzle you want to contribute. I would say 
since we're coming at, we're going to come at this from the angle of you're going to be a music creator. That's what you want to do. If you want to get signed, you have to be a music creator. So you're going to need to play an instrument. Um, voice counts as an instrument uh, in that. So you don't play your voice, but for all intents and purposes, we're talking about everything, including vocals. Uh, so I think the first step would be to identify what interests you. Because if it doesn't interest you, you're probably not going to do it well. Odds are. So if you see a guitar, if you've seen one of your favorite bands and uh, you're most uh, attracted to the idea of what the guitar player does, then find a guitar, uh, find a buddy's guitar. If somebody already has a guitar, pick that guitar up and try to fiddle around with it. And if you can muster up enough cash or convince your parents to get you a guitar, then you should probably take that step and get you a guitar and either start taking lessons or start watching YouTube videos and searching on Google for how to learn how to play some chords, look up some tabs for maybe some songs that you like and learn how to play some songs that you really love. I think that's the the first step. And same goes for any instrument. You want to play bass, you want to play drums, you want to sing. The best thing to do is to start playing bass, drums, or sing. Just start doing it. Make it, I mean, make it a part of your daily routine, I would say. Yeah, I think... I'd agree. I don't think you should have to try that hard at the beginning, if that makes sense. Um, you should want to do it so badly that yeah, it's just I, kind of, it's fun, even if you suck, and which you will at first, no matter what. And, and if you're a younger person listening, obviously the whole point of our show is that we want to help people develop careers. We want people to have their musical endeavors, pay their bills. That's the entire reason that we exist here. Um But the entire point of wanting to have a career in music is to be able to have a job that you love that doesn't really feel like work because you're so stoked to do it every single day. Yeah. And so while you might need to try a couple of things to find out what fits, if you aren't at least trying to dabble or go down the rabbit hole on YouTube to learn some sort of instrument or trying to learn how to sing or interested in joining band at your school or joining chorus or whatever, just to kind of be around it and learn a little bit, then it might not be the move because if it feels like work from day one, music Mm -hmm. is never, you should go do something else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, music is hard and it's a journey. It's a fulfilling journey and there are ways to do it and be successful in that, but it is a long road. And there are many ups and downs. And so if you aren't so hyped that you get home every day and you're like, oh, me and my homie want to jam, even though we only know three chords. And he, you know, has a rackety drum kit that he found in somebody's garage. And I've got this beat up old guitar that cost my mom 60 bucks at a garage sale. Like if you're still not hyped up on it, you probably need to consider something else. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because the love for it, the excitement for it is what's going to get you through not just the early days, but it's going to come back around and be the thing that saves you time and time again. Because when you get to the point where it is a job, sometimes despite your best efforts to avoid a career that feels like a job, music is going to feel like a job. If it's what you do every single day, there are going to be moments where you're like, oh, man, I'm just burned out. This feels like work to me. 
And you're going to have to rediscover your passion and love and excitement for what you do to get through those days. Sometimes I've had those, uh, those moments myself where I have to put things on autopilot, not, and that doesn't say that doesn't mean I don't care anymore. It's just, I stop over evaluating and over focusing on the business side of things. And maybe I take an hour a day and just like play songs that I like uh, songs that maybe I grew up playing on the drums just mm-hmm. for fun. Even if I don't get it exactly right, or maybe I've forgotten the song and I like stumble through it whatever. It's still a good time for me. And it harkens back to the days when I was super excited about it and it wasn't a job at all. And I remember those feelings like being in my basement as a kid and just like counting down the hours so I could get out of school so I could go home and play the drums. That's, I still think about that to get me excited about music 20 years later. So it's important that at the beginning you feel that way about it. Um, and if you, if you don't, then it's probably not the right thing for you. Uh, it really should feel very, very exciting, and you should want to do it all the time. I used to draw pictures of drums in my notebook and play drums as soon as I got home and play for hours and listen to songs and try to learn the drum parts uh, on headphones and just like my life was consumed with drums. I was in band at school, constantly drums all the time. And obviously, here I am today still playing the drums. So, I was in love with it enough. Yeah. I'd say even today at this point in life, my day feels weird and incomplete. If I didn't pick up an instrument or sit down at a piano at any point. Yeah. And not that that means I'm hammering out, you know, working for a couple hours in a row, but because obviously the room in my house where all my instruments are, when I walk into that room, it's hard for me to not just casually pick something up, even while I'm like, having a conversation or mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't feel complete. And if I'm traveling on business stuff and don't have a guitar with me and I'm gone for a couple of days, it just yeah. feels weird. And it's one of the first thing I need to do when I get home is go either sit down at a piano or yeah. pick up a guitar just because like, it doesn't feel like I've done everything I needed to do for me <laughs> internally. Yeah. And a piece of me just hasn't been complete for the day. Yep. So if you're at that place, like legitimate square zero, just try something. Like if you know you love it, but you're not sure what, just start going down the road. I feel like most times people identify with something, whether they recognize it or not. Mm-hmm. If you look at, you know, your top five favorite bands and your favorite person in each of those bands, you know, is it consistently the singer? Is it consistently the drummer? Is it consistently the guitarist, the bassist, whoever? Mm -hmm. And whatever person you have that natural gravitation towards, I would at least start there and just feel that out. Yeah. Because whether you've noticed it or not, you internally probably feel like that's what speaks to you. Yeah. And there's there's no rule written in stone that says you have to stick with the thing you start with either. Like if you, if you pick up, uh, a pair of drumsticks and you start with the drums. I know a lot of people who started out as drummers who ended up being guitar players or lead singers or whatever. Uh, so Dave Grohl. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Grohl. Little it's a reasonable indie band. example. Yeah. He's had Most two, people he had heard two semi-successful indie projects. <laughs> um, uh, I think uh, like 
another another great example is Kanye. Like he started out producing tracks mm-hmm. for for Jay Z and and some other uh, big names, and eventually now now Kanye's. I mean, and he has been for a long time. He's an artist in his own right, but it's not. He may have started out with the intention of ultimately getting there, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did. However, that's not the path. He didn't take the direct path to just started starting rapping out of the gate, not making any tracks. I'm going to town. He started out making tracks. So relentlessly making tracks. Right. Let's not glaze over that. Not only did he start making a couple tracks, that dude made beats on beats on mm-hmm. beats on beats. Just cranking them out. Before anybody had ever heard of him. Yeah. And there's no telling how many beats he has in his repertoire that totally suck too. Don't be afraid to suck. I've said that before and I'm going to keep saying it. Don't be afraid to suck. Get the suck out. <laughs> dude, he... uh. What is it? Graveship? One of the tracks back in the day, I think he even references five beats a day for three summers. <laughs> Dang, dude. Like, and, you know, maybe it's hyperbole. I don't really think it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty freaking close to the truth. Because yeah. even now, like, the guys I know that are crushing it making beats mm-hmm. are dudes that live in front of their computer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they do. Yeah. They don't really do anything else. Like they don't hang out with people. Like the people they hang out with are coming over to lay down vocals on the beats that they're making. Yep. And because they're on that grind and putting in the work and just making it. Yep. Just so, so the, the point we were making was, you don't have to end up where you start, but you do have to start somewhere. Yeah. And to even further affirm that all things benefit each other, you know, the rhythm that you gain, if you start as a drummer, mm-hmm. doesn't hurt you if you decide you want to pick up guitar down the road. It's, def- it's going, if anything, it's going to inform the way you play guitar in a positive way. And vice versa. Yeah. You know, learning how chord structure works in a song, mm-hmm. you know, to help tell the story of that song mm-hmm. is going to inform your drumming if you totally. go the opposite route. Yeah. You know, so there's never really a loss in learning. Yeah. And there's... It, I think there's also a lot to be gained from trying multiple things mm-hmm. uh, or even continuing the pursuit of multiple things. If you, if you pick the one thing you do well, uh, continuing to try or, or, or do a couple of the other things along the way, uh, I think will continue to help inform what you do primarily. I, as a drummer, uh, I play a little bit of guitar and I sing on some tracks that I make and being able to see how what I do on guitar or what I do with my voice translates in a track helps inform the way I communicate with other musicians who do play those instruments. Mm-hmm. gives me a better understanding of what they're doing, what they're trying to accomplish and how to talk to them about it. Like, and it helps me problem solve as well, especially during the recording process. If I see something happening and I, it's something I've experienced myself with my voice or my guitar playing limited though it may be, I can help identify that problem more quickly. Absolutely. It also too, and this is kind of going off into a tangent, but when you start out playing an instrument for the first time and you are hyped on it and you're spending all your free time at home playing it and you first start playing with other musicians, everybody thinks their piece is the most important piece. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore it tends to overplay in don't typically do what's best for the song. Mm-hmm. And by knowing certain p- 
pieces, even if it's not a huge education on every instrument in the band, but by having an understanding of what each piece of a band, what each instrument is bringing to the song as a whole allows you to be able to have a more high level view and understanding and objectively know that even if, oh, this part of this song feels really simple to me while I'm playing it, and it isn't the sexiest part I get to play during a show, knowing that, oh, this is what is making the greater song amazing. And it's okay that this part needs to be simple. And, you know, that two minutes into the song, I get to do this cool thing that, you know, lets it shine, but allowing the space for everybody to bring the best to the song comes with having an understanding of what everyone is doing. I think that in my opinion, simplicity has a much higher percentage rate of victory than complication when it comes to musical parts to individual parts. Now there are areas where that's maybe not entirely accurate. If you're playing thrash metal or something like that, or screamo, uh, your parts are going to be, and and just your songs in general are going to be much more complex than say, if you're a pop singer. But, uh, I think if you're starting out, since this is what we're going at today is starting from zero, I think you really, don't focus on overcomplicating things. Four chords in the truth is real. <laughs> yeah. That's a real thing. Uh, some of the, I would say most of the great songs of all time are are just about four chords and and a good melody and good lyrics. So don't don't get over don't get yourself worked up on trying to be a virtuoso out of the gate. If you can play four chords and create a melody and have a reasonable vocabulary, you're already winning. Um, and if you're, if you're not, uh, singing, if you're rapping, you're making beats, uh, if you can put together a beat that's got, you know, a, a handful of moving parts that all kind of complement each other well, but none of which are super, uh, complex, you know, you got like kick, snare, hat, baseline, and something up top, start working with that. Don't go nuts mm-hmm. and then start putting some rhymes together and start putting a hook together. Just start playing around with, with some ideas. Um, you can even go so far as to, and Vance might disagree with me on this, but you can even go so far as to like maybe listen to a song you like and try to create not necessarily a copy of that, but something similar. Uh, find out what you like about it. And it, maybe if it's too similar, you're not going to want to release it, obviously. But it is good practice, I think, to listen to a song you like, try to pick out the individual parts, and then create a track that is similar with similar parts. That way you can learn, you can kind of reverse engineer and deconstruct that track and then reconstruct it on your own. That way you can figure out like what's somebody who's at the top of the game doing. And you may not release it because it may sound identical or really close. And so, but that's not the point of that. The point of that is to learn how orchestration works and how song pieces fit together. I think that's a really good thing to do when you're starting out. I think it's a good thing to do Along the way, I still do that sometimes. I'll listen to a song that I'm really digging and I'll start picking the parts out and try to just create like maybe a four bar loop of the chorus section that I think is really cool and figure out what's in there. Like, oh man, they're doing this. That's really neat. I think that's a great way to learn. Um, And honestly, I think people aren't as good at stealing as they think they are in the sense (laughs) of, I mean, this is a good thing where if you insert whatever track comes to your mind that, oh, I really love XYZ part, so I'm going to try and do something like that. It is really hard for most people, unless you are intentionally doing 
a cover of that song to make it past about three instruments before it's a completely different song. Fact. Yeah. Uh, that's the true. very nature of how your brain works, mm-hmm. how ideas are going to come to you, how you're going to process what you hear from that song. Yep. If you're not, if it's not a direct cover that you're trying to play note for note, but if you come in and you say, Oh, I love the bass line on that Charlie Puth song. So I want to do something that's cool like that. And you start with a bass line, even though it might feel like the same genre, maybe soloed alone, it might feel like you were trying to do something similar. As soon as you add whatever, you know, drum parts that you hear in your head that go with that. And then as soon as you add a synth on top of that, that you hear in your head, it very quickly becomes your own thing mm-hmm. and was able to be inspired by something. So I actually think it's a really, really great tool to start with. Yeah. Um, Even if you start out like the first couple of things, you're copying note for note directly. Odds are when you get to a place where you've added in six parts on top of that, you're going to end up going back and maybe changing some stuff anyway. Like, ah, I'm not liking that chord right mm-hmm. there. I'm going to change that one chord. And then next, and it's definitely a new song at that point. Yeah. So I think it's a good place to start for sure. So that that is how you start on day one. <laughs> so let's say you have picked your instrument or at least the one you're going to rock for now. And now you need some musical homies to create music. How are you going to find those people, Tom? I don't live in Nashville. I, I want to I take a step. I want to put a step in between that. Okay. Between zero and finding your people. You need to start. Once you've found your your path, your instrument, you need to start working on finding your voice on that instrument. And I think the the two that and finding your homies go hand in hand. I think those are kind of a parallel thing. Yeah. But you're gonna like if you're gonna start wanting to find your voice and that I I think that is a is something that will bridge what we were just talking about of listening to songs you like and trying to cop those parts. Like Start working on your voice. You will continue to refine your voice on your instrument the rest of your life, but start working on figuring out what you like to do on that instrument. And then at the same time, move into starting to try to connect with people in your area, uh, in your school, in your community, your neighborhood, whatever, who maybe have similar interests to you. Um, Like if you're a metalhead, you probably are not going to want to go find somebody who's like super amped about Justin Bieber to be in a band together. Uh, you, if you're, if you love Metallica, you should probably find somebody who loves Metallica like you do, because then you can start playing Metallica covers and have the most fun you've ever had in your whole life. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I think with the finding your voice thing, I probably lean the other way in the sense of, uh, the only way to find it is to do it. Yeah. And I've heard bands say this a lot. And so from the context of, oh, we've got to really find our sound before we can start writing the songs to put on our record, which really is backwards to me in the sense that the mm-hmm. best way for, you know, four people in a room to figure out their voice is to write a hundred songs. Yeah. And I agree with that. By hammering through that over time, you start to really figure out, Oh, like you get better. No one gets worse at writing songs by writing a hundred songs. And I think people are intimidated by that at the beginning. I, I think mm-hmm. they feel a little overwhelmed and daunted by that, you know, but start making something 
just so you can get over that hurdle. And then you come back and, you know, 10, 20, 50 songs later, you really start to hone in. Oh, this is who we are. Like, this is what feels like us that you can tell influences, but everybody in the groups, multiple influences from these different places and all the different kinds of music that they love mesh together and create this beautiful thing that's all on their own. Yeah. Um, as far as I, I get nervous, especially in my mind, I'm thinking more towards young people. If you are in your mid to late twenties and up, this doesn't necessarily apply to you because you are probably trying to quickly convert this into a working possibility and different rules apply to you. But if you're young, I think just playing and not putting the pressure of, Oh, I have to figure out what I'm supposed to sound like at 16 puts a lot of pressure that doesn't need to exist where you should just be out there doing it, having the greatest time ever with your homies. So if you find those at your school, because even that part, I want to break that apart. Where do you find these people? Especially like if you don't live in a big town, you're not in New York, LA, Nashville, Chicago, whatever. Um, Hang out where you would want to hang out. Yeah. (laughs) Which sounds super simple, but no matter how small your town is, and I know this is true because I've played in all these small towns that no one thinks exists, where there is somewhere that some kind of band that you're into comes in place. Yeah. That is part of their tour circuit, whether they're a regional band that maybe isn't, you know, household name level, but you've heard of and really dig their show. Maybe there's some all age venue. Maybe there's a local church that puts on shows on the weekend. I've seen it all. But somewhere within your town or within a approachable distance, which is a loose term, um, (laughs) there is a place that people consume music that you're into. And I think that is the best place to start, whatever that quote unquote venue looks like. I think also don't be afraid to be a ringleader uh, for putting a band together, putting a group together. Like I grew up in a really small town and there were a couple of us of who were in sort of different groups and we all, we eventually got together and made a band, but it's like one set of friends here and a couple of guys are musicians and one set of friends here, a couple of guys are musicians. And usually what would happen is like, it started with one person in each of those groups. Mm-hmm. Like somebody got a guitar and was like, man, you should play bass. And mm-hmm. they're like, totally. Yeah, I'll play bass. And it was easy as that. And somebody was like, you know, I, I play guitar, man. Can you play, can you play the drums? Like, oh, sure. I'll play drums. Yeah. And then, and then it eventually we all got together and made a band, mm-hmm. but it's, it usually starts. The impetus is usually with one person, like getting stoked about it. So if that's you, like, man, I really, really want to rap. I love it. I'm trying to rap in my room all the time. I'm trying to write rhymes all the time. Like, Hey, you should make some beats, like make some, some original beats for me to rap over. I don't know how we'll figure it out, man. That'd be awesome. We can do it together. All right, cool. And the next thing you know, you got a team together and then maybe you pull in another buddy who can help you like put a show together. Yeah. And it, it, you just like, if you're, if you're hyped about it, odds are you can probably transmit that energy to somebody else in your network that you currently have also too, you and it doesn't seem like this when you're in the moment there if you're in high school you will get more support on what you want to do 
Oh, yeah. Than you will ever get any other time in your life. It's like a bell curve. Like, I've, I've, <laughs> I played shows in high school that were sold out, dude. Like, big shows. And then I got to college. And it wasn't until I got to college that I started playing bars to nobody. Exactly. <laughs> because high school, it's exciting. Oh, they learned something new. Everybody knows everybody in your high school. And yeah, it's something exciting for people to come participate in. And yeah, man, you turn the corner of college and the game changes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I would say, you know, if you're amped on it, just start. You odds are, you know, somebody who you can at least twist their arm into picking up another instrument and jam with you. For sure. Yeah. Like, get just just get after it and don't be afraid to. And if they say no, like, fine. That's fine. Move on to somebody else. Like, it doesn't mean you have to stop being their friend. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe they can draw your cover art for one day when you release a record. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're not meant to be in the band. And that's fine. I have friends like that. Like, I would con somebody into picking up a guitar with me and they would hate it. And I wouldn't make them do it again. Yeah. And then, but they would be at every show. After that, they would come to everything. They were huge supporters of what the band eventually became, but they didn't want to be in the band. Also, too, I think starting out, there's a lot of pressure to get it right the first time. I cannot count the number of bands I've played in. I cannot count the number of artists that I've toured with over the time that I have played music. Mm -hmm. And that's okay that your first band does not have to become Maroon 5. (laughs) No. If it does, killer. And then we probably to. want to interview you on the show and talk about what you learned right. <laughs> along the way. Right. Um, but yeah, it, I think it, when, when you're that, when you're that age, when you're high school aged, you can, because this is a, because this is a career path, it's not a waste of time. You can work at this career for 10 years and still be just about where you are now and have learned a ton along the way. And you're still super young. You have plenty of time. Because, like, example, like, Paul McCartney is still killing it. I watched a video this morning on Instagram of him doing some party in L.A. last night with uh, with this band. I think it was like a couple guys from Muse, like the drummer <laughs> from Nine Inch Nails. It's a super group of this cool thing. But, like, dude, he's old as hell. And he's up there rocking it, like, mm-hmm. screaming on stage, playing guitar solos. Like, he's killing it. You don't, like, the artist thing doesn't, the creative side doesn't just go away. Like, you don't outgrow the ability to be a musician. It's like, I, I case in point, I used to think, well, if I don't, you know, make it by like 25, I probably gonna have to do something else. Mm. I'm, you know, too old, too old to be mm. a, a rock star or pop star. Mm. It's like, dude, like Keith Richards is still probably like doing Coke in the back of a bus and going and like rocking guitar solos. <laughs> I'm glad you said this because I definitely, <laughs> no, I think this is important and people need to hear this because <clears throat> when I, was in high school. I had those fears. When I then left high school and started touring for the first time in bands, I had those fears of, if I don't make it by the time I'm this, then I can never make it. And hear me loud and clear when I say this, that is bullshit. It Totally. They're, it's an absolute lie. You're only done when you're dead. Yeah. And... Chris, yeah. Chris Stapleton is a big artist in Nashville these days. I think he broke, quote-unquote, as an artist when he was like 36 or something. Yeah. Rappers break when they're 40 all the time. No yeah, one cares. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. It, people used to care for whatever reason. It used to be kind of a thing where you needed to break in your early twenties, but now it's, it's just not the case anymore. You'll break 
when you're good. When people want to hear your music. Right. When, and there will always be an audience no matter what age you are. If you're 55 and you, and you say, I've had a great career in, you know, commercial roofing and I have plenty of money to retire. So now I'm going to do the music thing for fun and mm-hmm. I'm trying to make a career out of it. Let's say you're that, you're that guy. Okay. Well, let's say you do write great songs and you are great at what you do and you decide to make a career and it works. There is going to be an audience out there who wants to hear a 55 year old play piano and sing on, on a record and go see that show. There's an audience out there. There's, there are, there's a big enough audience for that out there to fill an arena. If that's what your business takes you to, it's possible. Yeah. I know people my dad's age that have bands that I wouldn't have heard of except from other people because I'm not the demographic, Yeah, but that have careers that travel, that play music and love what they do. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that, you know, I I think we talked about this on the first or second episode and we probably haven't brought it up and maybe should mention again, fame is never the goal. No. Fortune is never the goal. And if it is, we're not the show for you. They're byproducts of, of a craft executed well. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. We, the first and biggest priority is to build a career doing what you love in music. And that is what we're here about. And when you do that on a scale so grand that people can't deny it and you get to a point of excellence that people can't argue with, that is when you break into the next level of success that comes along with fame and, you know, yep. Fortunes if you're smart with your money. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of a tangent, but, uh, we, yeah, what, what were we talking about? We were talking about, uh, start putting, putting your band together and mm-hmm. finding your sound and yeah. So start at zero, figure out what you want to, to do. It doesn't have to be the thing you end up with, but start somewhere and then start learning songs and trying to make stuff and then start trying to find your sound the way you approach it. It will naturally evolve over time. Find a community. I think that's just a huge one. Find a community mm-hmm. uh, of people. And, and if you know, there isn't one, make one, put one together, recruit friends, make them pick up a guitar, make them start making beats, make them start rhyming. Like easy. E didn't, wasn't a rapper. <laughs> he, he wasn't at all. <laughs> he didn't want to be a rapper. But there, but he was, was like forced. I think he was giving somebody crap in like the in the studio one day, and they're like, all right, E, well, why don't you get up there and rap? And then it was cool. <laughs> he had, but he had to like turn out all the lights in the tracking room, and like they he couldn't look at anybody, mm-hmm. and it was like all awkward and stuff. But he killed it. Worked for him. Yeah, he nailed it. I mean, because that was like the Harrison Ford thing too, wasn't it? With yeah, uh, he was like a stand-in for reading lines back. He was like a random crew guy, wasn't he? I think he was like a like a. Uh, lighting like a gaffer or something just hanging out something. on the set yeah. and they needed somebody to read lines during this little movie called star wars yeah and he just kind of popped in another semi-successful indie project yeah you know <laughs> i think they got crowdfunded <laughs> they got crowdfunded in the 70s oh man yeah. but yeah age is a number community is important along with community being important here, so there's a fine line. There's double-edged sword here. You don't have time for negativity in your life. So if there 100%. are people in your circles that are constantly saying, this is never going to work, you'll never be good enough, nobody makes a career out of this, you are not. You don't have time for those people. Guess who's not in the circle anymore, <laughs> Toby? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that person. They're never going to do it anyway because that's the person that always has time to complain. 
And they don't care about actually just making things happen. You'll see them at your 10-year reunion and they'll still be complaining and they'll still be a victim. 100%. And that's their problem and don't let that weigh you down. Now, and along with that, you should always, you know, have the right person that you trust that can give proper constructive criticism so that the motivation is to help you grow. Don't insulate yourself from feedback. Yes. Just insulate yourself from straight up negativity for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Learning to discern that is incredibly important. I'm still figuring that out. I mean, that's just part of the human condition. So don't feel like you have to nail that on the first time either. (laughs) Yeah. But don't let somebody break you down just because they don't get it or they're too scared, which 90% of the time is the real case is that they're scared to put themselves out there. And so... They, it, it'll make them feel less in their own mind to watch you, somebody they know well, succeed. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of the reason for that. That's like this is like a whole another Doctor Phil podcast. But like negative people will bring you down because it hurts them to watch you be positive. So don't don't put yourself around that if you can avoid it. <laughs> but you will note that they'll be the first people to show up when you cross the threshold of success. Oh, yeah, I mean they're. <laughs> They're going to want free tickets and backstage passes, I promise you. It's amazing how those people come out of the woodwork. It happens. Man, I feel like I kept going on tangents. I'm sorry. No, I think, <laughs> honestly, I think that we, uh, we addressed the question. I feel, I feel good about it. And if we didn't, you know, hit us up in the, uh, the Ooh, comment section. For one sure. thing, one thing before we go, I, which we probably have addressed, and I think we've addressed probably a hundred times on this show, but I'm going to do it again. So you found your thing, you found your community, you're pouring into that. You guys make stuff, make stuff, constantly make stuff. If you are starting out and it's from the jump, don't write one song and then sit there and tear yourself apart and say that it's not good enough. It's your first song and that's okay. Everybody had to have their first song so that they can then have the next 10 songs to the next hundred songs. Make stuff, make beats, write raps, write songs. Do it and do it and do it continually. There is something in your life that you can parallel that you, whether you did it as a kid, whether it was a sport, whether it was a hobby that you're good at, that you think is super second nature and all your friends are like, what? You can do that every time they find out about that? Music's the same way. It's not some mythical unicorn. Unicorns are real. I apologize (laughs) for calling you guys mythical. It's not some, you know, crazy magical thing that, oh, if you weren't born on the third moon of whatever, then you can't do this. It is a skill just like anything else on the planet that can be honed over time and practice and pouring into it and, you know, constructive criticism and constantly pushing yourself to get better. You just have to be willing to want to do it for the next year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And as long as you love it enough to continue to put the energy in for the long term and you work at it, you will get better. Yep. Well said. I think that's a good place to end. As always, our seat is open for JT. We're waiting. Yeah. Because we love you. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I I wish I had something wittier to say to it, but that's really it. I'm just yeah. a huge well, fan. And we may need to uh to not harp on that every episode. Maybe we'll go every other because he's starting to sound like a fangirl. Think we're like uh stalking him. Man. Something. He comes in and there's a big like 
<laughs> Big fat head of him on the wall. Dude, just, what his, if, just his face. Though. What if we managed to finally pull this off? Like, it, you know, a year later after just harping in and then finally somebody's like, okay, fine. Just don't be weird. And then we just like paint the whole studio yeah. and just like balloons and just... we'll be like uh, family members at the airport with like handwritten <laughs> like white poster board signs at the door when he comes in. <laughs> oh man, man, he's gonna he's gonna come on this show and he's gonna bring two of the biggest people you've ever seen in your life to stand between us and him because he's gonna think that we're crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> you Worth win it. some, you lose some. At least you'll be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. We'll see you next Thursday. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us if there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help. You can find us all over social media at Music Stuff Show. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. Uh, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect, uh, the show is here for you, so any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday.